Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Mike Force Podcast brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company. If you're watching us on YouTube, thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you're a subscriber. Make sure you hit that notification tab to get the updates. If you're listening to us wherever podcasts are found, make sure you leave us a review. Guys, you're probably wondering, at least some of you are like, who the hell is this guy? My name is Mike Glover. I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Philcraft Survival. It's a preparedness company that prepares civilians for the worst case scenario. We also have all of our swag and equipment, including first aid kits, in Black Rifle Coffee Outpost throughout the nation. I have a podcast called Mike Force Podcast that airs every Monday on the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast, as well as this solo version of it that you're seeing right now, both on Mike Force YouTube and podcast, and here, right here, right now, on the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. So, um, thanks for tuning in. I'm going to do a solo version of this because I want to give you updates on everything that's going on in Black Rifle Coffee, but I also want to give you a little bit about the news as it pertains to preparedness and black rifles and give you some pro tips. So let's get into the news because if you have a black rifle, which you should, and that black rifle happens to be an AR pistol and you have this little guy, and if you're listening to this, I'm holding up a stabilization pistol brace. That is no longer legal. According to the ATF, through a new ruling that affects the National Firearms Act of like 100 years ago, it just hit the registry. You have 120 days to either turn in your firearm, um, remove the brace, or register it with the ATF. Now, why would that be a thing? Well, there are some speculation to why it would be a thing. One is... 10 to 40 million Americans have this brace in their possession. So if the incentive, which it is, according to the ATF, you have 120 days to submit and register for free, you would be making a pistol, which is just a pistol. And if you wanted to roll with it with this brace, now that's a short barreled rifle. And that's problematic because now that short barreled rifle in your possession, even though you get the tax stamp for free, if you want to transfer it, if you want to sell it, if you want to move it, if you die and it goes to your family, that is going to be taxed forever. So if you wanted to pay for a war in Ukraine, the easiest way to do that would be double tax the American population, especially the people you don't like. Like, you know, those Second Amendment uh, fringe people, those law-abiding citizens, those people who love liberty and freedom, that's where you go to go after. So... That could be part of this. Another component is mass registration, which is very problematic. I mean, that's, that's what scares me the most out of all of this stuff. Because if you said, man, this is an opportunity, uh, opportunity for me to register 10 AR pistols and convert them to short barrel rifles, and it's free, then not saying you're part of the problem, but you don't see the big picture here. So what is my recommendation? Well, one, I would say hold off a little bit because I'm reading an article right here by freerangeamerican.us. Make sure you go there because you're getting reliable news from them and not national media because nobody in the national media is covering this, by the way. Um, their, their latest article is fight is on to kill the ATF's impending pistol brace ban. 
This is from Free Range American. They say within two days of the ATF publishing the new pistol brace rule, gun right advocates filed multiple lawsuits and legislation in a last-ditch effort to stop the regulation from going into effect after 120 days. Because after 120 days, if you haven't complied, you're a felon. You're a felon. Like a felon that could be fined a lot of money and then go to prison for like a decade. While one called it um, bureaucratic diktat and another called it administrative fiat, all the opposing parties argue the ATF overstepped its authorities. Now, here's the hope. I mean, here's what I'm hoping for. Because the lawsuits coming from like the Texas Public Policy Foundation filed the case in a federal court in Sherman, Texas. Man, wouldn't it be great if this lawsuit went to the Supreme Court and they found that not only this, but the National Firearms Act, which I believe um, is constitutionally infringing on our rights. Wouldn't it be great if the NFA got thrown out? I would be whittling suppressors in my backyard starting a new suppressor company. I personally think the NFA and all of its um, a ruling is radical and extreme. Uh, I might get in trouble for that because, you know, like, like a lot of people don't like to hear that. But I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to stick to that. Because if you think suppressors are making American citizens and the regulation of that, the overregulation of that, making uh, American citizens safer, then you live in utopia, which is fantasy land because it doesn't exist. It's fiction. Uh, welcome to Narnia. So uh, another thing is the, the, the amount of politics involved in this that say this is going to make America safer is ludicrous. In the national media, the active shooter in California, one of the most restrictive places for gun control in the U.S., literally just called a pistol an assault pistol. If you didn't know, pistols create um, more destruction in inner cities than any other weapon system. That's usually gang on other criminals and black-on-black crime, especially in the neighborhood of Austin and Chicago. But we don't talk about that. What we're talking about is a piece of plastic because we said this is going to make Americans safer because, you know, that mass shooter who's going to commit that violent act is going to use this and that is deadly. So if you ban it or you uh, make it illegal, then they won't use it. What? I I think there's only, uh, listen to Colleen Noir, who's smarter than me uh, in the legal aspect of this. He found one or two uses of this in history, in recent history, uh, being used in a mass shooting. One or two examples of that. I mean, the cartel killer who likely crossed the border illegally used a, a, a firearm, uh, is likely a pistol, in killing six innocent people in California. But again, we're not looking at cartels. We're not looking at um, immigration. We're looking at a piece of plastic that makes law-abiding citizens felons, not criminals, felons. Because criminals, guess what? Don't follow your laws. So... Man, this, it's driving me crazy, but here's my recommendation. Don't be so quick to register. Give this some time to air out. Uh, at a minimum, just take these off and make those AR pistols AR pistols. I was going to do this funny thing um, where I was going to take a, a box of macaroni and cheese, dump out the box, throw it on the back of the tube, and then tape it. There you go. That's your stabilization brace. It, this, this concept where people who are making policies don't understand how things work, like the suppressor, that's the silencer, because assassins use it. According to Hollywood, assassins use these guns. Uh, how many active shooters or criminals are using suppressors to silently kill 
their op- opposing rivals in the inner streets of Chicago. Uh, zero. So this is redonkulous. Uh, I'll move on for the sake of um, my own sanity here. Um, some updates that are going on for Black Rifle Coffee. If you didn't see it, the guys from um, the Legacy Expedition, um, Logan, Jericho, Andy, Mike Cirillo, all the guys, they just got done with their seven continents, seven jumps in seven days. And they beat the world record because they did it in six days, six hours, and six minutes, which is incredible. I, I looked at the timeline. I'm like, how does that even work? How does that even happen? Um, if you haven't watched it, watch the Cleared Hot podcast, the YouTube version of it, because Jericho, Logan, and, and uh, Andy Stumpf do a video on Antarctica. Like, holy crap. You're talking about epic podcast. Like, the stuff they talk about there, the jump considerations, the story they have are super epic. But congratulations to the guys because it's all for charity, all going to Folds of Honor that provides a lot of support for the families of those uh, who were left behind because their loved ones stepped up. Their loved ones stepped up, sacrificed it all, and we got to take care of these families. Um, man, how soon do we forget? I mean, how soon do we forget about these families that are left behind? Um, congratulations, guys. Congratulations. Also, if you haven't heard, Black Rifle Coffee's latest outpost is opening up in Kalispell, Montana. Andy Stump, Leah Stump, the team are setting up I think one of the most incredible, I don't maybe it's not even debatable because it's like the biggest and the most beautiful one I've seen. Um, in Kalispell, Montana, uh, they invested a lot of hard work and effort in making this the most beautiful black rifle that I've seen. Um, we're going to have seminars there. We're going to be hosting community events. And also, the grand opening is on the 25th with the whole team, February 25th. If you're watching this like three years from now, I apologize. This is 2023. Um, but you, you're able to go there. Also, on top of that, and just leading into some current events as well, I thought it was pretty funny that the guys made fun of this Chinese weather balloon. Um, it's not a Chinese weather balloon. That's what the BBC said. They said it was a research balloon. But if you actually watch any national media in America, surprisingly, because maybe they're not so tethered to China, the balloon has a surveillance device underneath it. It's flying well above where air traffic flies, and so they said it's not a threat. It's flying over Montana, guys. Open source information says, which I was very surprised to see this even being announced, but it says ICBM, Intercontinental Ballistic Missile Sites, are all over Montana, and that balloon is probably spying, according to officials, probably spying on those sites, maybe even on the on behalf of Russia. So you would think that the administration would do something about that. I thought it was funny because they said that it was spying on um, Black Rifle Coffee's, uh, Annie Stump's new Black Rifle Coffee. Um, <laughs> but if you actually think about what that means for us as a country and what the world thinks of us, even what China and Russia think of us, we look pretty weak when we just said, we're not going shoot to it, shoot it down because there's a big risk to people on the ground. Oh, is that right? Like, there's like a million people total in the state of Montana. There's like seven people per square mile in Montana. But we're afraid it's going to fall um, on top of civilians' heads if we shoot it down. It's a balloon. Pop the balloon. Get the all the intel and information from the pod that's hanging from it and show 
the world that we're strong and not weak by saying, yeah, we're just going to let this one ride. But if you're in bed with China, I don't know. That's that's what you do. Um, super excited about that Black Rifle Coffee. I'll be doing a lot of content with uh, Andy Sumpf here in the near future. Overlanding stuff. Uh, we'll be hosting events there. We even have likely um, we had. Oh, no, you might you might catch this February 18th. If you haven't signed up for the Black Rifle Coffee Kalispell Seminar, preparedness seminar, make sure you sign up at PhilCraftSurvival.com and come see me and Andy. It's also a meet and greet. Um, Jack Carr, congratulations, because Jack Carr just got notification. It was just announced he got picked up for a second season with Chris Pratt for the Terminalist series. Man, that's a big deal. I even heard there's a deal um, of potentially doing a prequel version uh, prior to this going down, a prequel version. Don't know what that means because uh, I don't think I heard anything prequel-wise in the storyline on Terminalist. I might be mistaken. If you know, make sure you leave the comments below. But it's really cool that the Terminalist, which is one of the most accurate depictions of the military and service uh, as far as the equipment and attention to detail that I've ever heard, but that I actually paid attention to and how it translated into the show on Amazon Prime. Um, man, great job. Congratulations to Jack Carr. Um, and I'm super stoked that you guys, uh, guys got a second season. I wish they would just commit to the whole dang thing because I would hate to see a second season and not be able to follow all of the things that that uh, the Terminalist series is doing. Um, also, um, if you're not following it, um, we have all of our kit and equipment and Black Rifle Coffees across the country. Whenever I do a survival seminar, we get 100-plus people uh, in that preparedness seminar. We are thinking about bringing the community together. So why would Black Rifle and Phil Craft Survival interoperate? Well, it's easy because coffee is the thing that you drink when you want to interact and build relationships with people. So if you go to the competition, I won't name the coffee shops in the competition, um, it, it rhymes with star smucks, but if you go there, everybody's on their phone or their laptop. I hope to see every Black Rifle coffee, when you go there, you're drinking coffee and you're building relationships like you used to uh, in the back in the day. I mean, when my dad used to take me fishing in the morning and we go to the local bait shop, we would drink a cup of Joe over um, amazing conversations about everything from weather, politics, to all the things. But you don't see that much now because you're on a date and both of you are embedded in your phone and you're not embedded in each other. So uh, I hope to see more of that coming into fr to, to fruition, um, but also a whole bunch more products and everything coming to you uh, at your local Black Rifle Coffee so you could be best equipped for the worst case scenario. So I want to get into Q&A. A um, whole bunch of Q&A that I get from my channels, uh, specifically Instagram is the way I ask uh, for these on mike.a.glover. So what items are often overlooked or forgotten when making a bug out bag? That's a good question. I think most often the the basic things that you don't think about um, are overlooked. So if you go down like the laundry list of survival items, shelter, water, signal, uh, fire starter, all of that stuff, that's like the baseline. That's like the foundation. But what's often overlooked is things like chargers, USB chargers, uh, communication devices like SAT or Iridium, in-reach devices. A lot of technology is often left out because survivalists, especially like old school bushcraft survivalists, um, don't really think about technology in the integration of bushcraft. 
because bushcraft is really the worst case scenario where you have no resources, no assets, maybe not even a go bag. So I would pay attention to the integration of things like an inReach, uh, a spot device, a Zolio, all these SOS devices that maybe you'll carry on your hunt, but then when you're in your vehicle, you'll stick in your go bag. So don't forget about technology and the integration of it. Um, Mike, with the threat of EMP, do you have solutions for newer vehicles to overcome if needed? Yes. Yes, I do. I just got off the phone with a company called Silent. It's Sierra Lima November Tango, S-L-N-T. Silent makes Faraday bags and different pockets for defeating identification interrogation and EMP. So one of the small projects that we're working off, um, working on right now as a 25-meter target is identification protection. So if you go through a, uh, an airport and you have your cell phone in your pocket, that cell phone and your wallet with all the RFID that's on your person, which a lot of people don't even realize they have it on them, can be interrogated and exploited. Interrogation means there's a technological uh, piece of uh, equipment that will suck all the data and then that data can be exploited. So if you have a copper line, typically Faraday bag, that will defeat most of it. Um, I want to announce that I'm going to have a Philcraft Summit. It's a Philcraft Survival Summit in August. And companies like Silent are going to be able to um, not only host you and talk about their equipment, but demonstrate to you how that equipment works. Um, if I, I'll just do a, a shameless plug here. If you're a company in the field of survival and preparedness, which is everybody, overlanding, tactical, the list goes on, make sure you reach, uh, reach out to us at mike.fieldcraft at gmail.com. Moving on, there is an EMP component as well. Because if you're overlanding and you have a panel pack on the back of your seat, and that panel pack has a pouch, which is probably what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a, a Faraday pouch on our new mobility bag. That Faraday pouch should be lined to stop an EMP. Because a lot of people think EMPs, electric magnetic pulse attacks, are going to come from like a dirty bomb for, from a foreign service or foreign agency. That doesn't have to be the case. It actually could be very isolated. It could be a technological attack. It doesn't have to be an airburst bomb where it's like the worst case scenario. It could come from a vehicle. It could come from a backpack. And if you're in the vicinity and you don't have the ability to protect that equipment like your cell phone, you're going to get fried. Um, it's why I would always look in my contingency planning to have the, the vehicle, the technology that's not married to a circuit board, which will be fried during an EMP because electric magnetic pulse and foreign agencies like China and Russia who want to do harm to America are advancing, advancing. Now, there's a lot of that stuff that I know because I served uh, in a military capacity getting all the briefs that I can't talk about, but I will tell you it's a real threat. Uh, it's a real near-peer threat that we need to focus on changing. So look for more from Silent and Philcraft Survival, and also very good question. Um, thoughts on serving in the military with the current administration? A lot of my opinion about the administration has nothing to do with the president because the president is a talking head most often. The administration, which is his team, are typically the guys and gals day in and day out who are managing the process. What I will say from what I understand right now 
from looking at policy, looking at strategy, especially foreign policy, we have a very weak administration. Um, if you are wanting to serve in the military, I would never tell you not to serve because of the position uh, of who's in the presidency and also the administration. I actually said to myself, if President Obama wins, and he's elected, because I, I certainly didn't vote for Obama uh, when I was in service, I said, if if he wins, I'm, I'm going to give it some time, see what changes, and then I potentially will make a decision. What I realized is not a lot changed from my perspective, uh, whether it was tactical, kind of moving up into strategic because I, I made more rank, had higher responsibilities. It, it didn't really change. Now, it started to change at the tail end of my career from a strategic perspective, but if you're just joining, you have a job to do. And that job is kind of narrow in its field, whether it's an infantryman, whether it's a cybersecurity guy, whatever that is, you really don't change your focus because national defense and security uh, at the ground level is a necessity. What I could also say is things change overnight. If you were to ask the guys on September 10th how they felt about the military, because I was one of those guys. I, I was in the military uh, prior to September 11th. I was like, man, this is not fun. We're doing a lot of training, but nothing's going on in the world. That all changed in one moment, in one day. So um, if you want to join, serve. Step up to the plate. I'll also say we need leaders. We need good young men and women who are willing to step up and serve this country. Uh, the other day, I took my kids to the circus here in town, and we stood for the national anthem. And it felt good to do that because I love my country. And you, as you love your country, I expect you to step up and serve as well. Good question, man. Guys, I hope you uh, dug the podcast. Make sure you leave your uh, comments and feedback. And a lot of people who listen to this podcast are experts in their field. I, I certainly have a lot of special operations guys, a lot of military guys, a lot of pro shooters who listen to this podcast. If you have good feedback on all the stuff that we're talking about, especially solo, I'm just one person with one field of experience. Please share your experiences down below and don't be afraid uh, to subscribe and hit the notification tab. Until next time, stay alert, stay alive. Thanks, guys. For decades, buying a silencer has been difficult. But in 2005, Silencer Central set out to simplify the suppressor buying process. So what happens when you buy from Silencer Central? Well, they help you find the right silencer for you. They handle the paperwork so you don't have to. And they give you a free NFA gun trust so you can share your suppressor. Silencer Central allows you to pay while you wait. They make sure your purchase is carefully prepped, packaged, and protected until the moment you're approved. Once approved, they deliver it straight to your door. So whether you're planning your next hunt or putting together a range day, you'll enjoy every shot you take with Silencer Central, straight to your front door. That concludes today's training. Any questions? <laughs> Woo! Drum titties, boy!